You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru. I'm Michael Pincus, the Grape Guy from MichaelPincusWineReview.com. And with me, as usual, my cohort in crime, Andre Pru. I'm a criminal. You're a wine criminal. That's right. Regularly and frequently. Come and get me, coppers. You want to tell them your website? AndreWineReview.ca. AndreWineReview.ca. Or sorry, AndreWineReview on Twitter. <laughs> AndreWineReview yeah. on Twitter and on Instagram. Do you know what? I think um, I think we've had too much to drink. It's so early, though. And it's a and it's a good and it's a good time to talk about things that we know nothing about. <laughs> Where do you want to start? Nuclear you know physics what? this week. Uh, first of all, I um, tasted not uh, too long ago, and I don't know if it's just me being late to the party on this wine, um, but I tried a Jackson Triggs 2012 Red Meritage. Yes, Meritage, Prue, a Meritage. Why you got to throw back to the last episode? Uh, 35% Franc, 35% Merlot, 30% Cab So, 15 months in oak. It really was outstanding wine. It's just really good. But what I just a great moose poop it sounds like. Very good wine. Are you going to call my, it moose that's poop? That's my plug this week. I don't know if it's still available. I don't know how I ended up with um, tasting it. I, some things get, get lost in my tasting um, queue, and I end up tasting them after they've been uh, long long sold out but if you have some or i can still get some the 2012 jackson triggs red meritage awesome wine your turn well i've got a 2014 oak aged chardonnay from cassava and it seems like they've done a good job making a distinction that the wine was aged in oak it doesn't look like it was fermented in oak but it's just got this really nice balance between vanilla and pineapple notes while still holding that bright citrusy acidity that you get from an unoaked chardonnay which i know you're not a terribly big fan of but this wine's definitely worth checking out no um speaking of chardonnay uh just this past weekend i had a havens 2014 chardonnay from uh california i was i was blown away and so was everybody else that wine is the bomb we tasted that together at the Vintages Tasting Panel, fan- and we both fantastic. we both raised our eyebrows and we looked at the price on it. Not that that's a huge factor in the wine, but I was like, what, 22 bucks? 20, 23 because twenty two ninety five is a Vintages product, obviously, uh, from Carneros, if I'm not mistaken. Obviously, Napa Valley uh, is what it says on the label, and it was just amazing. And uh, I had friends over, and they were tasting it, and they were like, where is this from? Blah, blah, blah. It's got to be Ontario. And I said, surprisingly not. Nope, beautifully balanced, like nice. It's just the acidity on that wine is so surprising because when you start drinking that entry-level Chardonnay from California, so often the wines are flabby and lazy and just like butter with another layer of butter and, you know, some butterscotch thrown in and then like a little sprinkle of pineapple on it. So the the I, I, getting here that we, I think there's a, a, a discussion to be had about entry level versus vintages, or I guess here in Ontario, general list or general purchase, I think is what they call it these days. But let's let's continue on with the old terminology, sure. which is general list versus vintages. Yes. And um, I guess I guess the question I always get is, should I be buying from vintages 
or should I be buying from the general list? And I will also get a question just to put another spin on it. So we'll make this a two-parter is are the wines and vintages better than the wines in the general list? Well, that's a good point too. Yeah. Well, cause I, I say often that price doesn't dictate quality, but I don't know if you take a stroll through the United States section of the general list or even the New Zealand section, a lot of those wines are a little pricier than even some of the vintages wines these days. Well, I know, I know we talked about in the past about wine pricing and wine scoring. Yes. And, uh, you know, do we, do you give something a higher score if it's, you know, lower priced and great versus uh, higher priced and still great? And if I'm not mistaken, you said you gave it a higher mark because you give it a, a certain mark if it's value. You give, a, you give a point for value, let's say. I think value is tremendously important when it comes to scoring and also to, to buying wine. So is, are they better? Is that the question that you get often? Yeah. Let, let's go through, are they better? Okay. Are they better? Um, the short answer, I guess, is no. And then we could cut this thing off and walk away. Drop the mic. I'm done. No. And, and, and you know, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And then we got to put an asterisk beside it because it's a not necessarily, right? No, that, that is true, too. Because uh, I think in the last year, wines that I have bought personally have all been, or let's say 95% have been vintages. Yes. And just for the simple fact is that as reviewers, we do get to taste everything that comes through vintages, which is which is a which is a bonus. So we know the wines that are going to be great. But I can tell you that um, I have a vintages report comes out every two weeks and I only review 30 to 40 wines. And those are the wines that I find, you know, either great value or great taste or whatever. But on average, there's another 120 wines, or there is 120 wines that come out every two weeks. And I'm picking maybe a quarter, maybe a third of them. So uh, do I always think that vintages wines are better? Uh, no. Um, there are some great general list wines out there for great prices. And that's how some wines get onto the general list is because they are a vintages product over and over and over again. Yes. And they get sold over and over and over again, and they sell through quickly. And if I'm not mistaken, the LCBO goes to them and says, look, lower it by two bucks or, or whatever they say to them, and we'll put you on the general list. And that's really where you want to be. Well, it's also my understanding that um, with a lot of the vintages products, it's a way for wineries who are not making wine on a huge scale to get their product onto the LCBO shelves. That um, if you have a wine that's selling really well, like you said and you know is hitting that sweet spot of affordability and you're making a crap ton of it then you would qualify to be in the general list you need to make True. enough wine for them to sell in a crap ton of lcbo stores you know the the other problem that i have uh witnessed over the years is and and i can give you a, a perfect example and i and whether we end up using this in the podcast uh, is another story. I don't know if we want a bad mouth fusion, which was a huge, huge hit uh, here in Ontario and in Quebec. That's where uh, where it first made its its name here in Canada, anyway. But it was a huge 
popular wine, $7. Everybody was buying it. And I remember when it was at its peak, you could only buy it by the case. And I remember finding uh, a store near me when I was living in Toronto um, that had some cases. And I went in and I bought a case. And believe it or not, it was the 2007 vintage. And I still have a few bottles left. And occasionally when I do one of my classes, I go out and buy the current version of Fusion and compare it to a now nine-year-old, eight-year-old, seven-year-old bottle of Fusion. And it is amazing how many people like the older bottle than the newer bottle uh, because the, the newer bottle does not have a percentage on it of you know grape varieties. It's just a mishmash of Shiraz Malbec. Uh, the 2007 actually had the percentage 70% Shiraz, 30% Malbec on it. So do you and feel it, like the winemaking is just not as good now as it was when you originally got into it? No, I, I think what they is because they got so popular that they have to put out so much of this wine that they the quality has gone has gone way down. When you first when you first hit it big, you're making a quality wine. That truth be known, people will buy for for two reasons. One, it's quality, it's and it's good. And two, because it's cheap and somebody's recommended it. If it's quality and good and cheap, which Fusion was at $7 a bottle, I think is what it was, um, people bought it. And it was a quality wine. And then two years later, you're like, you now uh, Zuccardi, if I'm not mistaken, is who makes Fusion. You have to keep pumping out all this wine. So instead of knowing that you're 70% Shiraz to 30% Malbec, you're just a Shiraz Malbec. And as long as you're 51% Shiraz and 49% Malbec, you fit the label because the, the first grape has to be the higher percentage grape. So as long as you're more Shiraz than Malbec, you're good. And you can pump out as much as you can because that's what you're trying to do. You, you, you hit a price point. People say, oh, you got to go buy some Fusion. So they do. And people now just buy it because it's cheap. Well, and I mean, there's no need to just pick on, on, on Fusion. There's a lot of those wines in the general list that maybe the more serious wine aficionado. You know what? I'll just go. I'll, I'll go balls out here. The uh, wine snob will look. Put them back in, out. Andre. No, no, we're, we're leaving them right out on the table for everyone to see. Oh my god! But I mean, we like hammer. to. I, I guess, as as wine writers, how often have we been in the vintages tasting room where we'll make a joke about uh, Yellowtail, right? One of the most popular wines in the world, but it's another. Or Santa one. Margarita. Yeah, there you go. So, I mean, you've got wines that have a you know a little bit of sweetness to them, not a ton of really big bold flavor flavoring, and I mean, no matter what you do, every bottle you pick up is going to taste extremely similar to the last bottle. But people obviously like vintage it. To or vintage think... too. That's the problem. Yep. Vintage, the vintage, it's almost the same wine. I mean, that's what they're going with. They've 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 built an audience, and and they're trying to stick with it. And I mean, some people just like consistency. I remember a few years ago, I went and I test drove, uh, you know, a brand new Honda Accord. My first car was a 1986 Honda Accord, and the, the layout... car I learned to drive in was an '88 Honda Accord. Well, there no, you an go. '86 Honda Accord. If okay. you get into a new Honda Accord, the layout of the dash is the exact same as the original car. <laughs> it, it just didn't change, except for a little bit on the outside. Well, a lot on the outside when you're going '88 to 2014, 15. 
and the engine's obviously better, and the seats are better, and uh, you know the thing, the dashboard may be the same, but there's a lot of bells and whistles on the inside. I don't think that's the same for wine. I I believe that a lot of these wines that get a a big reputation uh, and get a lot, you know, people just go, oh, I, I always buy that's my regular wine. Unlike the Honda Accord, which has to get better, a car has to get, it can't stay the same. It has to have now GPS. It has to have you know seats well, that. And move I, on their own. They have to be heated. They ha There's all kinds of things that they have to have. Whereas a Santa Margarita Pinot Grigio can stay exactly the same and never change, and in fact can get worse, but people will just assume that it's still good. But I mean, that's the thing, and, and this is something that we'll have to touch on another time, is, is people who are wine existentialists, where they find one thing and they stick to it and they refuse to taste anything out because they think they've found the be-all and, and end-all. And, and to be honest, it's, it's one of the great things about being a writer and it's one of the great things about uh, visiting the vintages, select, vintages section is you often get wines that are small batch that once that batch is gone, it's gone. And when the next vintage comes out, it could taste completely different. And I think that's what makes wine so exciting. But you're not forced to drink the same thing over and over again. And drinking the same thing over and over again as great as it is to, you know, open up a box of craft dinner and know it's going to taste the same every time you open it. Wine isn't craft dinner. It's supposed to be different. It's supposed to reflect the conditions under which it was grown, whether it's California, Ontario, or Argentina. 2014, 2015, 2013 all offered different fruit for the winemakers to work with. I, to I totally agree, but I don't know. What I don't understand is Italy is, you know, we're... You know, Italy, a lot of these countries are, are, you know, every vintage should be different, should be different. And how they get that consistency, I understand how they do it in Champagne. They have a house style. Yes. And they're supposed to do that. How you do that with Pinot Grigio, I, I have no idea. We're getting a little bit off topic here now. But I mean, talking about general list versus um, vintages. But I mean, now that we've picked on a couple of brands, now that we've picked on Fusion and Yellowtail and santa margarita i mean let's go back to section i'm familiar with the ontario section there's some really great wineries that are putting some really good stuff into vintages um chateau de charme comes to mind henry of pelham and vineland are all making very good wines that are on a large enough scale i mean they're making a lot of them but just because they're making a lot of it doesn't mean that it's an inferior wine and I'm not going to pick on anybody because I'm not going to mention any, but there are some that are using almost vintages as a dumping ground for some stuff they can't sell. Interesting. I, I, I believe that there is there are some really poor quality wines that come out through vintages. And I'm surprised they make their way to vintages. I would agree with that. There's some wines that we've tasted and done the double take on, and there's some where I know you and I have even passed, slid a glass across the table to the other person to be like, hey, is, is there something wrong with this? And I, I don't understand how they make it, how they make it to vintage, which is supposed to be the fine wine section of the LCBO. I, I, I guess it, it must be, 
we can be critical of the LCBO as much as we want, want but being a buyer for vintages has got to be a challenging job because everyone has their own personal bias with what they like. And when you're tasting wines and deciding whether or not you're going to put them into the LCBO, and there are people at the LCBO that that's their job, is to find wines to put them into the LCBO and make money for the government. Um, and I don't imagine that's an easy job when we do have our personal biases. But, I mean, you've kind of hit a, a point right there. And... Um, not everything that makes it into vintages is, is really good or terribly exciting or a terribly great value. But, I mean, there's supposed to be a, a, a bar that's set for these wines. Well, as one, uh, as one winery owner once told me, you know, Ontario is not a very exciting place to be if you're, if you're a vintages buyer. And think about it. You could be the vintages buyer for uh, Old World. So you get to go to... France, you get to go to Italy, you get to go to Greece, you get to taste a whole bunch of wines. But if you're the buyer for Ontario, you get to drive down the QEW, sit in traffic in Toronto, end up showing up at whatever winery you do, you sit at somebody's kitchen table, and you try the wines. It's not very romantic. It's your job, though. It is your job. It is your job. Take it seriously. But as I said, there are some wines that make it, and I, I just don't understand. I don't understand why. I, I think we do need to make it clear there are more hits than misses. And I mean, that I, would being agree, said, I would agree that there are more hits than misses. And, and, and that, that being said, when it comes to Ontario, I will uh, categorically say that the best wines in Ontario very rarely make it to the LCBO shelves in any way, shape, or form. The 100%. best wines are still at the winery, and there are a few gems that kind of trickle through. And trust me, you know which ones they are because they're on a lot of the wine lists in the city. But, yeah. I mean, you still have to go down to uh, to the wineries to taste them. It's because they just don't make enough of it. They just don't make enough of it. Even through vintages would take smaller lots. You, you're really not – you've got to go to the winery. You've got to taste those wines. You've got to – and again, it's all personal taste, but I mean, a good wine really stands out. So let's go full circle here because we keep we keep going off on these tangents. We're about going off wine on a quality. tangerine. We, we're completely all over the place. The fact of the matter is, buy the wine, put it in your mouth, and if you like it, swallow it. But don't be afraid to go to the front of the LCBO, even if you're a grouchy wine snob. Maybe revisit the general list. You might find some stuff that will you know surprise what? you. All right, let me, let, me, let me say this. I was at a tasting for the Mark Anthony agent. Okay. And uh, I, think, uh, I think I had you over and you tasted this wine. And it was a Louis Latour. Um, and for, for the life of me, I can't remember, but it was a Pinot Noir Gamay blend. On the general list, uh, $17.95. I thought it was outstanding value. And I think, uh, hopefully, you remember that wine that I poured for you. I do. I do remember that. Um, I'm going to put it out there and be and, and say Chateau de Charme. Essentially, anything that they have in the general list right now, especially with the new winemaker, Amelie, who's been making wine there for a few years, is pretty bulletproof. If you want the wine to taste like what it says on the bottle, whether it's a Cabernet Franc or Cabernet Merlot or even their uh, barrel, uh, barrel fermented barrel fermented Chardonnay, Chardonnay always great value, like what, and 15, that's coming from a guy bucks. who hates Chardonnay. Love that wine. Um, Thirteen ninety five, if I'm not mistaken. If you're a fan of the wines that are, are big and fruity and maybe a little bit off dry, I'm a fan of the Peely Island wines. I like using the Cabernet Franc to cook with because it tastes like Cabernet Franc. 
I'm sure they'd be thrilled to know you're cooking with it, not drinking it. I'm drink, but I mean, here's the thing. I, I, this is going to be another topic for another podcast, but it's finding a balance of a wine that I can afford to put half a bottle in a in a stew, buy a second bottle, and not feel guilty that I'm cooking with a thirty dollar bottle of wine. How much wine are you putting into these things? I'm French. <laughs> we cook with a lot of wine. I thought you were from Saskatchewan. Yeah, I'm from Saskatchewan, but pick, I'm... So pick, my, an ex, pick an ethnicity. Would my you last name has a silent L and a silent X. I'm a French-Canadian rider fan. What do you want? Oh, my God. You know what? I really can't talk these days. The Canadians are absolutely blowing it. It's killing me. It's killing me. Do you know how I... I have to get drunk every night the Canadians play just to get through it. I have to get drunk to watch hockey. I live in Toronto. <laughs> Oh, and last season with the Riders, you should have been getting drunk every day. But that's another story altogether. Oh, we're undefeated in 2016. Of course. And that's... You I don't know. So, Michael, until, let's... Until the let, first let's, game. We, we, we've gone on, on all these tangents. Let's give our, our final thoughts. Generalist versus Vintages. Give me a 30-second soliloquy and go. Do you know, I wish I could tell you which way to go. I wish I could say definitely go into the Vintages section. But not all of us have $20 because a really good bottle of vintages wine is going to cost you at least $15 to $20, maybe more. There are some great bottles of wine under $20 in the general list that I can't say that every vintage is great. But there are some vintages that come out and they're superb, excellent value. And they're the ones that I, you know, I, I grab for and that I'm like, I've got to buy half a case. I've got to buy four or five bottles of these. You just got to get them. Um, the thing is, you got to, you know, for lack of a better term, find yourself somebody that you trust who tastes generalist wines or go to a region that you like. Don't spend a lot of money. You can, you can find some great value in the generalist. I'll agree with what Michael said, and I'll add one thing to it, is whether you're drinking the vintages section because you've got that 20 bucks to spend or you're spending your time at the front of the LCBO in the general list section. Don't drink the same thing every week. There you go. I mean, get, get to the stuff, like find something that's great. If it's fusion, perfect. Pick up your bottle of fusion, but pick up something else, pick up something else. That's a uh, Malbec and, and just do a side by side. Even if it costs the same, who knows, you might find a new favorite, but if you just keep drinking the same thing, you're not even going to know if what you're drinking is, is, is fantastic. You'll have nothing to compare it to. So, I mean, whether it's vintages or, or, or general list, just drink different wines. I couldn't agree more with that. I, I think it's boring to drink the same thing every night. And I don't think I have ever had two bottles in a row of anything. I've had it years later, but I've never had two bottles in a row. Well, there you go. All right. Are we done? We are done. I think that's it. I don't know if we've solved anything. I don't know if we've told anybody anything. Well, that's we, what we did. That's, told them. That's I think the we, only thing we really told them is drink wine. Well, that's what drink. we did with the wrap-up at the end. I mean, I think we've just made it very clear that... Drink more wine. Drink more wine and don't worry about whether it's generalist or vintages. Pick up something you can afford. And follow me at The Grape Guy on Twitter. Michael Pincus on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram. I just got a Tumblr account. Heck, I'm all over the place. But I'm Michael Pincus, the grape guy from MichaelPincusWineReview.com. I'm Andre Pru from AndreWineReview.ca, and we're two guys talking wine. Good night.
subscribe to us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe at twoguystalkingwine.com.